0: RJ Garberwitz, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I got you in the uh, in the home studio. I don't have you in the downstairs official studio. I got you in the bedroom studio. Looks you like do. maybe, yeah, you got it. <laughs> you've got the kids, like you know, maybe quarantined in a certain area, and you got you know everybody kind of in their place in the home right now.
1: Well, my wife is here working downstairs, but uh, my kids are with. Their nanny, and they should be here in about forty minutes. So okay,
0: so we're on the clock. We're on we're the, on the clock. clock. First of all, man, um, I've, I've told you this a dozen times. What a fan I am, and 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 mostly just the um, the persistence and the determination. Like, I mean, I've been following you for a few years, and the way Web Talk keeps climbing, and you are up against the reason that's is interesting is you are up against. A Goliath right with all these social media platforms and you just keep every time I think maybe he's down for the count You come out like another rung you go up and I'm like this guy Does not stop and you keep making these massive announcements like the one that you put out this past week uh, You're now officially um, in the top 9,000 sites in the world. I want to say that again You're now officially according to Alexa. You're in the top 9,000 sites in the world to give context There's 400 million sites out there. So getting inside the top 10,000 sites in the world is like a really a big deal. And you've now reached 6 million million users on WebTalk. Brother, how did you do this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, first it took years of planning. Um, So I, I did a prototype in 2013 to make sure that there wasn't even an appetite for what we were trying to accomplish. And then I spent another two years designing the system and listing all of the hurdles that we might have along the way, and then figuring out solutions to each one of those hurdles ahead of time. So it took about two years of total planning, drafting the architecture for the documents, filing for all of our patents. We have about um, four patents pending, but we're gonna be applying for a couple more on the technology. So by planning and spending years thinking about what possibly could stop us And if there was no solutions, we wouldn't move forward, right? That was the idea was, was there any, any problems that could potentially get in our way that would stop us dead in our tracks? And the answer was no, and there was going to be significant problems, but we looked at solutions and found solutions that we've been one by one. Basically, as you see, you'll see like a plateau and then all of a sudden it spikes again, And because what happens is when we plateau, we know that plateau is coming. So we have a list of solutions to go down the list to say, let's try this, try this, try this. And until one works, right? So at each plateau, we go through our list of solutions that are already predetermined and then back up again. And we plateau again and go through the same process all over again. So with anything, R and D is just a process of elimination. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. So if you already know solutions that worked for other people, which you do that through research, you just list those solutions, and then you go down and execute those solutions until you pass that bottleneck and keep going.
0: That so here's the that. thing. So here's the thing. Um, it's incredible. I just have watched you every year just uh, keep keep climbing, and and so you know, there's the comparisons to LinkedIn and, and so forth. And here's the thing: um, the, the the premise of Web Talk and is uh, is fascinating to me, right? Because um, to your point, uh, you know. LinkedIn is a bit of a mess, right? It's a bit of a mess um, in terms of all the people that that you're uh, connected to that you don't know, indirectly or directly, and you get no. Um, and it's most people who use LinkedIn. Uh, well, there's two people, there's job searches. but there. But the from a marketing from a from a business development perspective, that's what I mean by a mess. Mark business, LinkedIn from a business development perspective is exhausting, and it's really. Um, hard to like, um, uh, kind of like promote or or pull followers into what you're what you're trying to do. It, it, it's it's uh, it's exhausting. So like when I saw WebTalk for the first time and I started seeing how you could you can or, you can organize your contacts and you can you can uh, you can separate followers from uh, from contacts and connections and and you can um, also like uh, you can also get rewarded for uh, for, for, for posting and sharing. Man, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is like what LinkedIn was sup- was supposed to do, and it's just no. It doesn't surprise me that you're at six million users. And every year, I feel like I remember when you hit one million. I do remember when you announced one million. So now we're at six.
1: Yep, So you you got it. I mean, really, if you look at LinkedIn, what its general purpose is, the very basic is research. It's a database of resumes. So what do you use resumes for? Well, you use resumes for looking for jobs or you know, yeah. you're looking to hire and it's somebody. It's good
0: at that. It's good yeah. at you. Give it that. It's good at job searching and job and and candidate uh, search. You got it. And
1: then you know they they it went one step further and really opened up the platform for searching so the consumer can search now. And what do consumer consumers look for when they're looking at people? Well, most people don't realize, but LinkedIn became kind of a professional dating site for people who aren't looking for jobs and for people who aren't deal makers. So that's your other purpose of use LinkedIn that grew is because now you have the due diligence and research on somebody that you're probably going to go have a date with. Are they professional? Do they have a job? You know, yeah. do they know people? Are they connected with me? So people are doing that of Facebook's new dating app too, but they don't have a virtual resume and recommendations professionally for somebody. So you'll find that people are using LinkedIn personally as well as professionally already. So if you understand the use cases of LinkedIn, from the personal use case to the job seeking use case to the recruitment and business development use case. So you've got really three use cases. Now, if you have three different use cases for one massive platform, and you're never going to be able to focus on all three of those if you don't have contact management.
0: Can I just put you time out for a second? Because I think those three use cases are real, but I feel like 80% of the people who use LinkedIn aren't even in those use cases. I feel like they're just. Using it as their business Facebook, you know, it's their place where they're, you know, posting activity, telling people what they're doing, making announcements. It's the business Facebook. I hate to be so crass about that, but yeah, well, like that's that's why.
1: Yeah, that's the third use case, which is business development, whether okay. it for sales or marketing or recruiting. It's business development. So your your three use cases are jobs, business development, and personal due diligence on dating right? Um, those are your three. Now the vast majority of people, yes, are using it for due diligence because sales makes the world go round, right? People want to grow their business. And the first place they're going to go look to grow their business is a place where they can look at resumes to say, okay, can I sell this person something? Can I recruit this person? Is this person a prospective investor for us? Um, Could it be a vendor or a good partner for us? So all those four major use cases, are inside of that business development realm, right. and then personal development as well, because that's the enhancing your career, either finding a new job or, you know, um, getting noticed by your peers to get a promotion, things of that nature. So, um, personal development, business development, those two things are probably the most primary use cases on a day-to-day. Um, however, if you don't fall into those categories. LinkedIn is getting a lot of engagement from people on the dating side, just going in and like looking at profiles. So you'll notice that if you ever go to people who viewed also viewed on LinkedIn, you'll see the list because people are using it for dating. Right?
0: right? Exactly. Um, Right.
1: So, and, and that's just a testament to all the different use cases. So, but to do all three of those correctly and keep them segregated, you need contact management, which LinkedIn does not have. So we, we built a competitive platform to LinkedIn to be able to manage all three of those use cases uniquely inside the platform. So if you wanna do personal networking, you can, but it's a private personal network and you add people into that as you wish. So by default, you are following somebody, but you add somebody either into your personal network or your professional network or both and then from there you can give them additional permissions to contact information so it allows you to have complete segregation control of your contacts and your relationships and then same thing with your communication so posting when you post a new post, you can go to everybody or it can go to your personal network or your professional network or to specific contact groups from your contact manager. So that's yeah. that's a very powerful piece of
0: that. And and there's this. And then I got to say, the other thing that really grabbed me was this whole um, sharing the pie thing. Right. Because it's like it's like, um, wait a minute, like, uh, you know, there's this women. There's a way to actually monetize a bit, um, you know, my network in a really low-key way not in an obtrusive way but like you know if i work so hard people spend so much time in their social media let's let's just say in linkedin especially like yeah. there's there's you can log you can you can literally put you know a couple hours a day into it and it actually takes at least that probably whether you realize it or not and for sure during the week and the idea that you can uh, that you can actually be rewarded for expanding your network and and uh and, and bringing information to people is just is fascinating
1: Awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, so that, that piece was part of the planning of the chicken and the egg problem. So <clears throat> what we wanted to do was be able to create engagement and growth very quickly. So the we had a lot of different options. And we chose you know, um, a hybrid program that we built internally that takes 50% of our ad revenue and puts it into a pool. Yeah. And that pool gets given away every single month back to our members. And how you? I got were-
0: to get, get a piece of that yeah. thing. I'm going to get a piece. <laughs> I'm going to get my first. I'm going to get a web web talk check. It's there one of my go. my one of my 2020 goals before the end of the year.
1: You got to get one. So we're we've already paid out. I mean, granted, we're still in beta. We haven't launched mobile apps yet, but we've already paid out a quarter million dollars this year back to our members. So and it's growing. And this month we'll probably give away I don't know between thirty to fifty thousand dollars back to our members.
0: And so, not and not a, and you really you really uh, you really go out of your way to distinguish not multi-level marketing. This is very straightforward. This is very straightforward stuff.
1: Yeah. So what we've done is we've created basically an influencer program, content creator program, where you earn points for your content, and that gets you know those points come out of the pool. So all the points that we issue every month across the whole system get divided by the amount of money available, and that assigns a value to the point right? So that point now is worth X amount of cents. And then you just, how many points do you have times X amount of cents? Now you also can earn more points because you are matching points when you invite people, right? So if you invite anybody who ends up joining web talk and you can do that three ways, you can do that through purely just inviting contacts and saying, Hey, follow me on web talk. Um, You can do that through content marketing. So if you post uh, your content on web talk, share the embedded link from that. And people end up, coming to Web Talk to read that content and sign up, you actually get a referral from that without even inviting them. It's integrated into the system. So wow. we, call it, we call it content marketing. Yep. We have affiliate marketing. So if you are truly an affiliate marketer, we have tools for you as an affiliate like a custom landing page, um, banner ads, social buttons, things that you can put on your website, things that will help drive traffic. And for that, you'll get again matching points. But you also earn 10% rev share when they make purchases on things like subscriptions. And we plan to launch our own marketplace, like Upwork, down the road. So you'll actually get paid when transactions are happening in the system as well. So what's we've got- cool
0: is I, when you when you log in, you actually see it. I mean, I, I logged. I've got an account, obviously, and uh, I went ahead and upgraded a pro because I, I loved what you were doing. And then uh, the features, I upgraded a pro like a year ago. Um, and uh, you show every time i log in i see the pie <laughs> yeah yeah there and <laughs> so, it goes There's it's it like it's usually like you know at some point i see $6000 or you know i just i see the number go up all month
1: yep so and that's you put the that out way.
0: at the end of the month right
1: yeah so we we put a minimum out there every month so we say at a, at a minimum we're going to give away x amount but as as the minimum gets surpassed as ad revenue goes over that minimum then fifty percent of whatever we make. So if the minimum says six thousand, you go over um twelve thousand because we're getting fifty percent of the revenue back. So as soon as we go over twelve thousand, you're gonna start seeing that six thousand increase in real time
0: throughout the whole month. Wow. Do so, you ever get any really cool like emails or messages from people when they get their web talk check, <laughs> like or their wire? However, how do you how do you pay it? How do you pay it out? Does it go out in a physical check or how does it go out?
1: No, so been linking third-party accounts to our system um, who do all the KYC for us. So right now we're linked to Payoneer, We're linked to Stripe. So you can get paid through those two platforms just by connecting those accounts. Um, next quarter, we launched PayPal and Coinbase. So if you want to get paid in crypto, you can transfer it to Coinbase. Um, so we're every quarter, we're going to try to launch new ways to get paid, but we're doing it so it's fully autonomous. We're not sending checks. We're not linking bank accounts. We're not doing any of our own Why KYC. Yep, it just does an automatic transfer to whatever third-party payment platform we have integrated that you choose.
0: No, that's cool, man. I uh, can't, you know. And then, and then, lastly, um, yeah. it, it. I think I was dinging you a year, a couple years ago, and every, like everybody was like, "Where's your mobile app? Where's your mobile app? Where's, yeah. <laughs> where's the, where's the app?" And then now, all of a sudden, we're like, we're probably only weeks away from your iPhone and your Android app. And I've got, by the way, uh, I've got it. Um, Test pilot right there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing with it all day. It's smooth, man. It's very responsive. I, I, not that I'm surprised, but you know, it just, it just flows, um, you know, it flows, it flows nice, really does. Awesome.
1: Yeah, it's going to get a lot better too. So over the next, um, over the next one to two months, we go through our private beta testing with our pro customers. Well, starting with our, our close contacts and investors, everybody's testing it now. And then within yeah. a week or so, we're gonna let our pro customers in and start playing with it. And then um, the apps are still waiting on a couple of feature integrations that are getting deployed over the next month on the web app. So mobile apps Man. will be those. And then once everything is in sync over the next month, then they go live in the app store.
0: Man, it looks it looks ready now to me, by the way. <laughs> and by the way, I get a lot of test um, flight stuff, right? With, with the Wave and all the uh, startups that I work with, right? Um, this thing looks ready man i'm like let's let's launch this this thing is this thing has got every i mean i'm noticing just i don't see uh, i don't see the um things that you're seeing obviously when you're really close to the product um so that's fantastic um well man i just you know i'm glad we, we ripped through that and um i do um you know the purpose of this podcast as you know <laughs> is to um send a message to aspiring entrepreneurs and to talk about You know that things um, are in entrepreneurship and startup world are a lot harder than they than they appear. It's like uh, objects in mirror may be closer than they appear. (laughs) It's kind of like that with entrepreneurship, right? And um, you and I talk off and on, and and we always go to this topic about. I'm like, hey, RJ, what what uh what's your mission? You know, what's your message to entrepreneurs and your mission in entrepreneurship now? And you're like, man, um, it's it's a lot about explaining to people. Um, what a long hard road it is to make something take off. And like where you are at Web Talk, this is only what, you know, seven, seven whatever years it is in the making of just mm-hmm. tremendous private sacrifice and, and um you know, in blood.
1: Yeah, blood, sweat and tears, man. Right. So, yeah, right. That's the right. that's the journey. Well, and
0: that's and that's and that's a lead into my opening question to you, right, on my little cover slide, right?
1: <laughs> and deranged. I love that. <laughs>
0: right? Okay. So this is this is how I like to surprise my guests with uh, Self, with an opening question. <laughs> What's that?
1: Self torture. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I pick it. I pick out my question. It's always um, it's always carefully selected uh, based on my guests. So first of all, you know, I've already talked about how determined you are as an entrepreneur. We're going to get into your story a little bit, and you know, obviously. Um, and obviously, what you've done with um, with Web Talk, but let's talk about the deranged part. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that part. Yeah. Um, what's the disease like? What's the disease like? I, I want people out there who are, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs to to under, to hear this and understand um, the kind of the dark side to all of this and the the, the private the, the private um, struggle.
1: Well, you know, entrepreneurship, as you know, has it's rewards when you when you really make it, uh, when you achieve your goals. For true entrepreneurs, I don't think they ever really really hit their goal until they're like, "I'm more out. I need an exit," <laughs> you know. Um, until they really reach their energy threshold. Um, as long as the drive is still inside of an entrepreneur, I don't think they're ever going to be satisfied with the results that they're getting until you know the drive wears. Um, and you'll see that, I think you'll see that over time. But for anybody who is considering entrepreneurship, you know, the, the question becomes is how bad do you want it? Because it will be painful. And the bigger your goal, the more painful it's going to be. So anybody who's looking to do just financial freedom and open up a small business and really start off, you know, just one sale at a time and grow something incrementally, that's not that's not too big of a challenge but but if you are trying to really do something big or want to make a lot of money as an entrepreneur which a lot of us you know aspire to do and and create not just financial freedom but wealth and there's a lot of people that that want that bracket that takes a lot more which means you have to give up your personal life you have to give up you know a lot of time if you have kids and a spouse you have to give up a lot of time with them to work um really your, your time is going to be solely focused on your mission for your business and your team at the company for as long as it takes to create success. So it does have challenges. You, if you're in a relationship, I mean, that should be like one of those things that just is laid out at the very beginning of doing this saying, Hey, I hope you don't expect much of a relationship with me for years, you know, um, until, you know, this thing really moves.
0: Right. That's some real honesty right there, you know, and that's that's what this podcast is about. And um you know, and it and it's and there's some really good highs, right? But then there's the lows, right? So there's some really good there's some good times even with your relationship like you know, celebrating something big and 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 everybody feels
1: like, Oh, well, this is
0: the beginning of the new normal, but uh, not so much, not the new normal. We're gonna go right back to uh, grinding.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's there's always the roller coaster. You're ups and downs for the whole time. So, you know, my wife is like at this point. She's like, you know what? I'm happy for you, but it, I just I can't get on the roller coaster with you. <laughs> you
0: know? She tried like, it for a while. She tried it for a while. For a
1: while, she tried for a while. She's like, you know what? Just you know, when when you need me to do some press or whatever, <laughs> you know, I'll be there to support you. But go do your thing. Right,
0: because it's for, for because if it's not not your journey. I mean, in, in my, my wife is the same way. Like she's very she she tries so hard, and I got I mean, she has infinite seems like an infinite well for that. But I even wear her out. Like she she's like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need I'm I need a break. Like, you know, for me, it's I have an infinite well, because it's it's maybe it's the entrepreneurial mindset, but it's also my baby. Right. That I'm that I'm fighting for. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And so it's a different perspective when it's your baby, your thing, then you you kind of have no limit to how far you'll go. Absolutely you can't be disappointed in others when they can't go every day, every minute, every cycle, just as extreme as you are. And, and, and it just, um, they have to protect themselves a little bit, right. Mentally and emotionally, you know?
1: Yeah. And especially not your spouse. So your, your spouse is not in the day to day with you. So they're not seeing, you know, all the fruits of the labor. They're just hearing the tidbits of the highs and the lows. So it's like they're more on a roller coaster than you are. Um, so that's that's one of those things where, um, you really got to have a good partner, that'll make or break you in any business. So,
0: yeah. So so let's um, let's let's uh, take a quick. I want to take a quick break from my uh, my sponsor here, if I could. And um, so, so so our sponsor is Secure Startup. So this is a, a one stop destination for all all documents that might be needed between a founder and, uh, and an investor, right? So the secure exchange of documents, the signature sign offs um, and uh, helping that whole process be smooth. There's just surprisingly so few solutions for this out there. It becomes a uh, like email is not the answer and Google docs are not the answer either um, when it comes to the confidential uh, documents, purchase agreements and NDAs and, MBAs and um, term sheets and things like that. So um, secure startup uh, focuses on that and they, and they're really there for um, helping the founder and the investors, uh, you know, pull their deal together so that's secure startup and you've been down this cycle a few times yeah, our day <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah obviously you have um yeah. so so we're gonna i want to jump i want to draw back to a little bit you know you grew up in illinois right i did yeah okay well anywhere was it near, i know you ended up in chicago but did you grow up near chicago
1: Yeah, I grew up in the southwest suburbs. Palos Heights is where I was born, and then Downers Grove, Darien, Woodridge, you know. Right. We moved a lot when I was younger.
0: Did you, uh, when did you, I mean, when did you maybe think you might be an entrepreneur? When did it kind of show up? When did it kind of show up?
1: Well, I mean, I didn't know what it was called, but I started being an entrepreneur, you know, in grade school, basically. So I would, there's a bakery right next to the school, and on my way walking to school, because I actually went across the street from the school and next to the school was a bakery. So I'd stop in the bakery, buy donuts and cake and treats, and turn around and bring them to lunch with me and sell them to my friends for their lunch money. So <laughs> uh, I had, you know, make 100% markup at lunch hour. And I, I did that and I used that to pay for, you know, toys and games and, you know, as a gamer back then. And then in high school, I started a, a lawn business. So you know i knew i knew right away that i wanted to be you know in my own business making my own money be dependent upon myself for my livelihood and, and getting the things that i wanted in this world and it started pretty pretty young and pretty early
0: and once the and once you kind of uh find with you know kids or anybody for that matter once you figure out that you can make money and that it's like hard to stop, right? Because now, you know, cause you're able to buy the, 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 the extra things that you want. And it's a little bit addictive, I would think, right? Like it's hard to like yeah, stop. Sure. Cause you know, you used to be able to go get cool stuff that you want to get and, and it's like, it's a bit addictive.
1: It is. And with peer pressure when you're a kid, you know, cause I grew up in, you know, uh, my parents were separated when I was eight months old. So my mom worked two jobs to support two kids and we didn't really have any money. So it was up to me to go get what I wanted. And when you're in school and the kids are always wearing nice stuff and they've always got, you know, the latest game systems and they're always talking about all those things, but there's no way I can afford all those. I had hand me downs and, you know, um, just, uh, I guess salvation army type clothes when I was growing up. So for me to be able to get nice clothes, like name brand stuff and file game systems and technology, it was, I got to go make that money. Um, if I wanted to do it, and that's that was it.
0: You know, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, best entrepreneurship comes from um, kind of necessity and problem solving, and uh, that's 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 really the, the best place to start. Um, and then, uh, but okay, so you got out of high school. You had the lawn business in high school, making money. You had employees. Did you have during that during that?
1: Yeah, high- I had two of my friends in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so. Did you
0: have a company? Well, I won't ask it from a tax purposes. We I won't do it.
1: Yeah. Well, I used I used a company brand name, but I didn't actually have a brand. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I, yeah. But, but I. Luckily, the statute
0: of is, the, the of limitations expired. I think. You're
1: right. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so, um, but you went into you went into like military school after that. What What the heck?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> one of the things that comes along with being a kid, not having a lot of parental guidance, and having a lot of expendable cash is um, finding alcohol and drugs. And um, in high school, I ended up, you know, going down a path that I saw myself not recovering from. And, you know, it's actually the time I found God and, and prayed for his help and guidance. And sure enough, I went to my guidance counselor at my high school and said, I got to get out of here. Um, what are my options? And they're like, well, there's this military school. You know, you got to apply. You've got to get letters of recommendation. You got to do all this. But it's funded by the Illinois Army National Guard. And, you know, it's down at the Chinuit Air Force Base down in right Tool, Illinois. But you can go to this military school if you get accepted. So I'm like, try so i went and got my letters of recommendation i applied and got accepted so i ended up leaving to go to um military school like in the middle of my sophomore year and um they do education placement testing when you get there to figure out where you belong and i end up testing out I actually tested out as a um going into my junior year in college grade level so they're like we'll do one one semester and then we'll give you but they do um class four GEDs there, which is like equivalent to a high school diploma uh, because they don't, they're not an accredited high school per se. Yeah. So I ended up graduating with honors from there and got a scholarship. I also enlisted in the, the Army National Guard while I was there. So I came in and, and took my, um, uh, my testing there for the Guard, and um, then decided to pick a career in avionics systems repair, so technology in the military.
0: So you were trying to uh, you were trying to um, kind of go the straighter path. You were trying to avoid the um, you know the party lifestyle that was that was calling your name.
1: Uh, it was it wasn't calling my name. It was hitting me over the head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you had a little money too because you knew how to make money. So that's another problem with that, right? That was the problem, right?
1: So you know, I really had unlimited access to whatever I wanted, and you know, there's not I haven't actually told anybody this in, in public before, but here we uh, breaking news. <laughs> so I had actually lost privileges to drive before I was even old enough to drive because <laughs> I had purchased a car for cash at 15 and was driving it around and got so many tickets that my license got suspended till my 18th birthday because I was speeding and driving without a license and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh you know and that that's that's the so, lifestyle right
0: so you needed you needed military school but what was interesting is you were smart enough to figure that out on your own you didn't have a necessarily did sound like you had a parent or someone who was sports and you you had self-awareness on this that um, probably has kind of been a hallmark for you your whole life I'm guessing
1: yeah you know honestly a lot of the credit goes to prayer I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have um, said this back then but you know I wasn't really a big believer but when I got to a point where I realized my life was falling apart and I said, I don't know what to do. And, um, I prayed and literally the next day I felt like a different person. Um, my mind was clear and I knew what I had to do. So
0: So you had a bit of a guardian angel, uh, you know, kind of there, um, that you draw on, um, that's amazing, man. And then, um, you came out of all of that. And, uh, I know you studied business management, criminal justice, um, I'm just kind of looking at my notes from our last call. You know, you were you tried a lot of different things, sold cars, you worked for True Kim, um, but ultimately you landed in a bank, like a transaction processing bank processing company.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I ended up selling credit card machines and bank card processing for Landmark Bank in Chicago. And you know, when I realized they didn't own anything, they were they were an ISO as well. They were reselling machines and credit card processing for other companies. So the bank didn't do anything but hire salespeople. And the light bulb went off and I'm like, this is, it's an easy sell. Everybody needs a credit card machine. This was like 20 years ago, so. Yeah, like you're
0: talking about like the, the local restaurants and just, yeah, they take pie,
1: yeah exactly. Uh, so, you know, that was. By the way,
0: do things have residual uh, recurring Revenue income, like those are residual income accounts, right? Like that's what's beautiful about so you sell it once and it pays you, you know. Yep, ongoing. Yeah, so
1: you would get a basis point on every transaction for selling a client. So not only would you get the upfront cash of selling the machine, you would get the residuals on the recurring revenue Mm -hmm. every transaction. Yeah, so it was multiple streams of income with one simple business, just by programming somebody in. So it was it was an easy deal too because everybody needed it. So it was a hot ticket item good margins residual income and uh, that that grew really really fast and it was perfect timing in the market and we landed a our largest client ever in within nine months of starting the company and then and then the company that we were reselling for at the time you know made us an offer to bring that client in-house and buy it off of our books and it was a pretty substantial offer for someone who's only 20 years old and um i took the offer Sold it back to them. In hindsight, though, just mind you, you twenty years old, seeing a big check. The company grew ten times its size in ten years. After, after. Yeah. So my you, resi- wait,
0: but you got a you got a multi million dollar check.
1: I did, but that check would have been ten x. Had
0: what you I, had you held on?
1: Had had I held on? Yeah, so. Because the the basis points building up on that recurring revenue, because I got a percentage of all their revenue. So when their revenue went way up, I would have made a lot more just holding for ten years. So they made a they made a good buy,
0: and I sold too early. So, <laughs>
1: um, but by the well, way, Steve, I, I had an so- interview
0: with um, with Steve McDonald a few weeks a few weeks back on one of my earlier episodes, and he made that point about um, the founders that that sell out a little too early. And not only do they that yeah. they shortchange themselves, but a lot of times they shortchange their early stage investors. But um, he made a big point about that about hanging on a little bit longer. And he and he's the he's living proof of that. Yeah. He, it paid off well for him.
1: Well, I, I agree too. And for me, though, that particular business. <laughs> but by was, the way, um, I'm sorry
0: to interrupt. But at 20, I'm not waiting for nothing. I'm taking that check, man. At 20, yeah. anything in my 20s, <laughs> I'm taking that check.
1: You're taking it. Anybody would. And especially when you're fighting with people twice your age to come to work because they were out drinking all night. You know. So if you're employing salespeople, you'll know it, those are the, the worst people that try to you know, make sure they're coming to work every day and doing what they need to do. And it was, it was a tough gig. So. So, you,
0: so you had this big check and then you, I, I think you said you just took some time off and you just went away and, and kind of thought about what you might do next.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to um, I wanted to explore my options, but I knew I wanted to get into tech because you know I started in tech with the military, but then I started um, giving away e-commerce websites with every purchase of a credit card machine, and that's when I knew the internet was the future. I knew that people could sell to anybody, anytime, anywhere through the internet, and everybody's getting credit cards, so I was. I was putting two and two together saying the future of commerce isn't brick and mortar. The future of commerce is digital. So I need to learn the internet and learn how to publish things on the internet, how to sell on the internet and really solve that problem.
0: Is this like the early, mid two thousands, I'm guessing?
1: Yeah. Early, early two thousands. So, um, this was at the time I moved here in 2003 and, um, ended 2003. So, it was 2004 when really I started dabbling. I came down here in Florida on vacation and just never left. Decided I was gonna plant roots here and figure out what I wanna do next. So I got into, um, I, I met a guy who owned a real estate business and said, I want to digitalize this and create online home builder magazines for new construction property and, and monetize it through ads. And just basically do that across the whole state. And We started growing it, got really big. We got Robin Stuckey and Home Depot and a couple of big advertisers. Uh Oh,
0: I see where this is going. You said real estate in 2005.
1: Yeah. So then that was, um, you know, that was a mistake. So it was, uh, you jump on the bandwagon and we jumped on too late and market crashed. Advertisers pulled and that was it. That was the end of that business. So um, that led me into duplicating the same concept, but for nightlife. So i wanted to create nightlife publications so i started SarasotaNights.com the and then grew that and went to tampa so i had tbnights.com now
0: you 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 went that when you when the real estate thing um, um popped um yeah. you were you you were kind of busted out right so so like right yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah. i i was all in already at that point i had spent a lot of money just being 21 and partying in paradise <laughs> so uh, yeah putting money to support myself in a new venture. And then so, you know, comes the time to, you know, the market busting, wipe me out. So I'm starting from scratch all over again at that point.
0: What did that like, did you, did you, um, did you take a moment to like freak out or did you just like go into action? Do you remember like, was there some dark moments there?
1: It was was humbling. It was definitely humbling because when you're trying to start from scratch, after you
0: had it, like it's it's almost they, all, they always say it's worse to have had something and lose it than yeah, uh, and, and to never had it, right?
1: But knowing that you, when you grew up poor though, knowing that you started from nothing in the first place,
0: you can't knowing, be killed. You're like almost unkillable.
1: Exactly. So you know, I grew up where there was times where our power was shut off in our house, and it was like ten below in our house, and the only thing to eat was condiments. So you know, when you when you come from when you come from that kind of poverty, you're not scared. You're not scared. You know what it's like because you've survived through that. And then when this happened, you know what? I took bartending jobs. I was mowing lawns and starting another business and, and doing that you know, on the side. So I did whatever I could to make some quick cash, kept my costs low. In fact, there was two weeks in between um, places to live where I lived in my car just to save money. So I'm like if I can go 2 weeks without having, you know, the rent, I can save that much just on utilities, rent, all of that and save the money.
0: And do you know the the founder of Paul Mitchell hair products uh, was like did this had the same he had to live in his car for a couple of weeks just to get get through, you know, became became Paul Mitchell.
1: Yep, to stack up cash. So mm. yeah you know, you, you got to do what you got to do, man.
0: I tell you what, man, that's the beauty. I, I work with, I work, you know, I got all these these students in my class and some of them they're international and come from like, you know, different situations and being poor, growing up poor is one of the, I'm sorry. It is, I mean, I'm talking about just poor. I'm talking about like stories like you have one of the strongest indicators of a successful entrepreneur. You almost all the, the entrepreneurs that really go big and do big. they almost all have these stories. And the, and the, I feel like it's I feel like that kind of makes them fearless and a bit unkillable. Like it's like this. That's it's a it's like a un, like a fearless component. Well,
1: I think that it invented into it you once you once you realize that you can survive with nothing. Mm-hmm. That means you're willing to bet everything. Yeah. Right. Okay? Yeah. Because people people who have this fear of loss they, because they don't know what they think they'll die if they lose it, you know, are, have this, this wall that's holding them back. Yeah. And until you're able to take the risk and realize that if you work your butt off, you can come back, then, you know, you, you really don't have what it takes to create. It's kind
0: of like, I mean, I I hate to use the boxing analogy, but if you just, if you're not throwing punches, you're, you're not going to win. You know, it's yeah. like you know, if you're just covering up, right? I mean, it's like uh, you you've got to you you've got to not be afraid. Um, and that's yeah. beautiful about you know when you grow up that way. Like my father was that way, and I, just so many people I talked to, like the in the interview, you know, I interviewed you know, so many of the celebrity, uh, so many celebrity famous entrepreneurs. Like I mentioned, Paul Mitchell, the, the owner, the founder of Chobani Go- yogurt, and just so many um, stories and of of just it, it just it's just a great baseline so if you if, if somebody's out there watching this and, and you and you and you and you grew up as a kid with almost little to nothing wear that like a badge and consider yourself like ahead in the game of entrepreneurship like you've really? got like a huge advantage and edge over everybody else absolutely
1: you're hungrier and you know what it takes right so yeah you survive with nothing and that's that,
0: amazing so when you so when you lost it all through the real estate deal, you you just you know you just started improvising again and knew that you, you knew you Absolutely. could get it back.
1: Yep. So I learned, you know, being young, go after cash-paying jobs that are quick cash that can build up quickly. So that's where bartending, mowing lawns, um, Craigslist was really really popular at that point. So what I I had built up some skills when I was younger thanks to my my ex-girlfriends dad who gave me a job at a body shop working on cars as a teenager.
0: You were doing the different odd jobs uh, during that period with the, the lawns and the bartending and all. Um, how did you like get the, um, when and how did you bring, did you create this, this kind of nightlife? And it was a, it was it a website. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, that was dot
0: nights.com. Yep. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so, uh... It was
1: local people, places, and events. That's what the whole theme was. So I got a you know, a camera crew and videographer. We'd go around, take photos and videos, everybody at nightclubs and events, um, put them online in an event calendar, and we'd hand out cards that say, find your photo on SarasotaNights.com. And we just built up a ton of traffic that was all local and with all the people that go out and about and spend money online. So our our audience was local people that go and spend money on entertainment. So then, as we built up traffic, I ended up started monetizing. I'd sell back advertising to local businesses on the platform, created basically a virtual business directory, and then kind of yellow pages for the local market for nightlife. Right. And
0: so you had um, in the middle of this, uh, you, you you took on some of your first quote unquote investors, and you and you kind of had a a little bit of a of a bad apple in here, right, in terms of. Um, there was a, um, an, an investor situation that kind of had you um, step, you had to step out.
1: Yeah. So when I wanted to convert the nightlife websites to a nightlife dating site, I had to bring on outside investors um, to build out the database. My thought was, you know what? My space is huge. There are These people are uploading their own photos and videos, you know, and I don't have to Pay for it if they're doing it on their own. I have to go and take the photographers. I can just get user-driven content and have kind of the same concept. So that was the idea: was to stop, cut my costs down by having user-loaded content versus a, you know a camera crew that videographer going out. And then it eventually kind of morphed to become more of a nightlife-themed dating site. We found that people were wanting to do kind of misconnections with these events and find people from these events that they saw. That's so cool. yeah, so we found a. Um, a niche there and started growing it and I used my own money and I actually used family money initially to build out the initial phase of it. And then um, um, ended up bringing on our first kind of angel investors. And I didn't know anything about using outside capital. Mm -hmm. I built my own companies, my own money or from revenue. So I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, And um, I ended up doing a deal with an investor that was not a good deal not for me for him it was great it gave, it
0: gave him a little bit gave him too much uh, kind of leverage uh, opportunities yes, I did I gave him too
1: much leverage and it was hidden in one of the contracts and um, I you know I didn't uh, I didn't see it thoroughly and it made it to where he was able to do a force buyout and I'm like that's that's fine but it, it was already at a point where he was Moving in to take more control of the business as but getting pushed
0: started. out of, but getting pushed out of your own baby, your own company, man, is tough, and that's something I want. That's why I brought it up. I want people to kind of hear this that it's very oh, yeah,
1: possible, yeah, you know. it was. Yep. and it, it was one of those things where it definitely was for the better. And at the end of the day, oh, yeah. at the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah At the end, at the of, end day, of this day, at the end of this day, not that yeah. day. End, yes, exactly. <laughs> not the end of that day. So, you know, in the closing. At the lawyer's office with everybody there, his lawyer, my lawyer, you know, our, you know, the investors that were representing the company, and he had brought in some investors that were going to back him in the takeover and all that. And, you know, I just remember that day because I just met my wife not too long before that, maybe a year or so before that, and um, she's a few months pregnant, and I'm like, okay. I got a company that just got deposit cash flow. It's starting to really grow. And now this yeah, is happening. Now this is happening, right? And um, I'm like, what's what am I gonna do? Like I, I got a new family. What am I gonna do? You know, and and even the bio oh,
0: fight, fight fight, in other words, you're like, you know what, um I'm not I'm not gonna fight this. Well, I fought it, but then my attorney's like,
1: you signed the paperwork. I mean, you bought it to a point, but at some point, yeah. you were like... So, to a point where he's like, it's just going to cost you too much money, and um, it needs to be resolved now. And, and so we negotiated a buyout, and um, and that's what ended up happening. So I ended up... Well,
0: this, this becomes the birth of web talk,
1: right? It becomes the birth of web talk, yeah. All so, right.
0: And, and so, like, okay, so here's another buyout situation, another moment where you can reset and reflect and what you want to do how did the how did the idea for web talk where did it come from
1: well so the first thing was what got a brand new startup with a very buggy platform by the way to get the positive cash flow was the model of just the referral rewards of sharing revenue with members and creating this viral loop of growth having your customers bring you more customers in exchange for Getting their subscription for free, and then uh, once you had a certain benchmark, actually getting paid for them, things of that nature, right? So, um, building in these these viral loop marketing tools, I tested them, and I'm like, this is this is literally the holy grail of internet marketing, um, integrated marketing, um, incentivized referral marketing. Like these tools are the holy grail. So if if it works on something that is a niche product that is buggy is not designed like a world-class platform. I mean, you could tell it was, you know, an early stage product for back then. And it was like a, a rudimentary platform. I said, for something that in my eyes as, you know, I, as a user is probably mediocre at best, but to get to positive flow in, in almost not even nine months was pretty incredible for me because I'm like, I don't have this huge sales staff
0: Right. Right. So
1: that was the first breaking moment in saying, light bulb, we can put this behind any problem to solve and it will bring people. Like so what how big of a problem do I want to solve in the world and you know that I can dedicate my life to solving? Because I know this will work. So it's go big or go home this is what I need to do. So like for me, the biggest problem I've had over my entire career was due diligence. The time it takes to hire people, get the right candidates, the time it takes to um, get clients that are targeted, the time it takes to find investors for a deal, the time it takes to screen vendors. So due diligence on relationships is something that if you could take a due diligence timeframe that takes six months and make it six days, how much money would that save and how much more innovation could be created from that? Right. So I'm like, this is, it'd be world changing if we can get due diligence on demand. And I had to break down how to get due diligence on demand. I had to figure out how are we going to do it? Well, my first attempt was let's go and snag, all of the contacts from Facebook and LinkedIn and draw them into a contact manager, a virtual Rolodex, and then use kind of be a feeder off those platforms and use this as an add-on and allow people to recommend each other and create this database of recommendations that you can use for due diligence on demand. Then you'll have links to their LinkedIn and and Facebook accounts from there, and and you'd have a tool to manage all your relationships in one place. So that was short-lived because they cut off their APIs to export contacts. And right, so then I'm like, all right, well, the problem's still big enough that we need to move forward with it. But now at this point, the only thing I can see is how do we get all these contacts? We're not going to be able to get all the data that we need from individuals creating a contact card or a virtual resume without the database, without people being able to search the database. So I'm like, the only option is to actually rebuild Facebook and LinkedIn. This is literally it. And I said, now, is there a hurdle if we rebuild Facebook and LinkedIn on top of a contact manager, is there a hurdle? Remember I thought at the beginning of this, we have to list down anything that could stop us dead in our tracks. And I said, you know what, and is the problem big enough that it would get people to switch? Like is, is our solution powerful enough to a problem that's powerful enough to get people to switch? And the answer was yes. So we did a pilot, it exploded um, back in 2013. And um, from there, I was able to raise money, put a team around it, build a production product, mm. and decide we're going to. Because of the day and age, you can't just do a web app or you can't just do one mobile app. You have to be on all platforms. So we had to build first for our micro business enterprise market with a contact manager, and do that on the web app with a mobile web app. And then once we finish that, which we're finishing this month, we deploy iOS and Android apps in parallel so
0: how much how much celebration did you do when when linkedin discontinued their contact management component that used to be embedded in the messenger it was terrible (laughs) he must have been like that must have been a party in the web talk office that day
1: yeah so they they discontinued that they've they've literally bought contact managers and couldn't integrate them properly they had their own systems they didn't know how to do contact management i'm like the, the problem is is they, they were trying to do too much contact management and not enough simple contact management for the people who are actually using LinkedIn. Right. Like, where is the, divide your personal and professional networks? Where is your basic yeah. building group? Basic kind of tags. Thing? Yeah, basic tags, um, like Infusionsoft. So, you know, where mm-hmm. are these tools? And then why are you trying to be all things to all people by putting these huge contact management systems, why not be a feeder for these bigger ones? Because there's a huge gap in the market for micro business and individual contact management. There's nobody out there that's got a system that can do it well. So that was it. This was our, our defining moment. We are going to be that starter CRM, which we call our social CRM. And we will be a feeder. So if you go beyond our capabilities, we're going to have a subscription that ties into all other social, all CRM platforms. So you can tie into investor CRMs like the company you just advertised to sales CRMs like Salesforce. Um, yep. If you need more powerful tools, you'll be able to bring all of your relationship data from our platform to theirs. And yeah.
0: the social CRM, uh, I, did you trademark that yet? Because it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, well, we filed for the trademark I think two years ago. I don't think it actually got trademarked though.
0: Yeah, it's a little tough because those are two common words, and they don't like to yeah. they don't like to yeah. give you trademark. But but it's pretty. But I don't think anybody else is using it the way you're using it. So I think that social CRM thing is uh, um, is pretty cool. In fact, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do something here. I'm going to um, I'm gonna share um, I'm gonna share my screen. I believe I can do that. Give me one second because I think I've, I've got um. Um, I've got that page up that I wanted to, to show. Give me one second here and, um, yeah. okay. Oh, there's Derange. Yeah, there we go. Products. Right. So this, this is the, your, your whole, your, you see my screen? Uh, no, I don't see your screen. You don't. Okay. One second. Uh, let's, let me, let me go back and, uh, and do that. Oh, allow. Okay, cool. And then, and then we can do it. Right. You see this? Yeah. Okay. This is your, pa- I love this page. It gives you a good job. You see it, right? Yep. I can see it. So this is the newsroom internet reimagined. I know you got a lot of great pages, but there's the social CRM, the contact management, um, you know, the newsfeed that you have complete control over the all in one profile, um, that, you know, can include all of your platforms. You got, um, things here that, uh, that LinkedIn doesn't uh, necessarily give you. Um, And then there's these beautiful cash rewards and you've got this affiliate program, Um, you know, basically all the stuff that that you wish LinkedIn had um, doesn't have. Right. So there, there we go. Right. Um, And all of the, all the things, anything else you want to kind of add, because it's, here it goes, it keeps going. Right. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. So these are all the things that we're about to launch. Yeah. Um, an Android apps, you know, working on live video. Um, That's, Mm-hmm. I, I constantly post all those things, but we have our own verified service, which goes into the due diligence aspect, mm-hmm. you know, even more, more in depth, um, video conferencing. So we do have a lot of tech that is underway. Um, and you saw it way there. Yeah, what,
0: page, hey, what page would you take me to right here? Maybe uh, just to give an overview.
1: Yeah. So if you click on products, that takes you to the page down there. At yeah, the, down the here. Folder. Yeah. Where? Yeah, and then um, that's where, the, where I was. Yes, where you were, yep. So that's where you go to get to products. And then mm-hmm. if you're looking at just the high level, just click on any of those top level tabs, and they just give you a one-liner for everything that it does. So if you click on Consolidate, uh,
0: there's yeah, your- right. Consolidate, Discover, yeah. right. Um, and how do you, by the way, found, find to be found, how is it better than LinkedIn?
1: So what we're doing is actually this next week, um, like, like the sign says up there, or the logo says, it says beta. Um, so we're still deploying our core functionality, which is wrapping up over the next month. But yeah. this week, we're launching our new Discover service. So the new Discover service is going to be kind of like a um, like an Instagram meets Pinterest. So oh, it, wow. it takes your popular posts and um, shows you what's trending across the whole platform. And then you, you can search through it by categories
0: and whatever you're looking for. So, Got it. And then, okay, so syndicate. Like this, this is basically one, one post in, in to everywhere.
1: Yep. So this will wow. work kind of like your Hoot suite almost.
0: Yep. Like Hootsuite for, man, you keep taking, like, it's interesting, man. You guys keep taking the best of all of these best of breed stuff and you keep just yeah. putting it in, right? Putting it in, yeah.
1: Well, oh, brand and relationship management. So all these things are all about personal brand, professional brand, relationship management, and then, you know, monetizing. Your relationships is really what everybody's using networking for. Yeah. So we made it to where instead of us monetizing your relationships, you know, and providing you these tools, we just share the revenue. So half of our revenue, and that's where that earn, when you click on earn and tells yeah. you about how you make money.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, their next one up. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you guys, you guys basically basically, don't hide the money. I noticed that. You don't hide the money. You show the pie, you show the money, you show the points. Yeah. yeah. You got it.
1: So we, we show it all because we want our users to understand like this is, this is never going away. We are always going to give away half of our ad revenue. And right now I think Facebook's doing about $6 billion a month in ad revenue. So by the time we get to the size of Facebook, I mean, you're gonna be looking at a few billion dollars giving back to the users every single month. I mean, it's gonna change lives. And my goal with this is to have at least one million success stories. I wanna to try to create at least one million millionaires from our platform.
0: Wow, that's that's your next uh, PR headline, by the way. I think it's beautiful, yeah. that's, that's, our that's goal. Gonna be good. that'll be good, that'll be really good, especially when you get your mobile apps out in the next few months. I'd love to see you put that one million millionaires yeah. out there as a, as a goal. And then what's this social yeah. um, piece? Gives big, give. so.
1: Yep. So we have a, a foundation that's set up to where as soon as we start generating profits from the 50% that we keep, then 10% of that goes to to charity. So we okay. set it up to where if you go to give.webtalk.co, it'll, there's a whole um, page about our um, uh, foundation. But you can also go to the footer. You scroll down. It'll, okay,
0: I'm going to come back. Yeah, here we go.
1: Yeah. Yep. If you, if in the footer, it says 10% charity pledge, so you can click on that, yep. and it'll take you to give. web. co. Okay. And that'll work through the our philanthropy mission statement. And, you know what our our goal is, which is to help the world go nonprofit.
0: Nice. And then the last tab here is success. That's our mission. So our
1: our mission is we're on a mission to help the world create more success, and we do that by providing an all-in-one platform to power the gig economy. And gives you the ability to manage all of your relationships under one place, whether it's personal, professional, or business, and have you know access and control over everything: your data, your communication, even your own monetization of your network.
0: So six million. Um, we're at six million. You said we're at six million uh, users now, right? Um, yeah. So total users. What? Uh, I mean, what? Are you thinking another million million per year? What's been the trend, the track record?
1: Um, Well, so we've been controlling growth because it's invite only and we don't have mobile apps. Um, And we also have been holding off on a lot of our integrated marketing tools to slow growth until we finish out development over the next month. Um, So as I was telling you, our, our profiles are getting their final major update before the big launch this month. We're launching our new Discover search and within a week or so, Um, And then over the next month, those upgrades are actually getting deployed into our iOS and Android apps. Um, So all that's gonna get intermingled, and then come, you know, which, I mean, it's hopefully all happening all kind of at the same time. Then come October, November, sometime in Q4, we're targeting the official launch of everything on full cross-platform. So iOS, Android, web app, app, out of beta, full launch, So definitely by the end of the year.
0: So 2021 is like setting up to be a massive year for WebTalk. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been,
1: (laughs) I mean, we've been, you might go
0: to 10 million, you might get to 10 million in 2021.
1: I think we can go past ten million. I think, I think, yeah, I think we'll probably do closer to 50 million users in 2021. Um, Just because we're launching all of our integrated marketing tools with mobile apps. So check out, um, you got your app in front of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just deployed in these apps, which it, people will get in when we put them in the app store here in a couple months. But when you click on the share function on any newsfeed post, it can go anywhere. So content distribution, whether it's your own or somebody yeah, else, yeah, I've
0: got, yeah, I don't think the yeah. screen's gonna pick it up because you,
1: you gotta tilt it to see it.
0: Oh yeah, t- oh there, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. Look, yep, yeah, it there it is. You can see, like, you can send it in private messages, social networks, messages, maps, links, everywhere. So, content uh, distribution is a click away for every platform through the mobile app, and that's a big thing. Like, people, people want to be able to share their own content and other people, other content that they.
0: I got to tell you, man, consolidation is huge. You know, I I post, you know, I post podcasts, and I've got different things in it. It's an extra couple hours of work, you know, to go and. And put it everywhere and yeah
1: it's yeah. really yeah. a lot a lot of work and hootsuite charges a small fortune for syndication um, i mean i think their cheapest subscription is uh 80 a month so yeah um the fact that we're giving away that to our consumer users for free is a big value add
0: all right so what do you see What i'm going to wrap it up on this question where do you see yourself in um I'm going to go five years
1: on this one, on this question. Five years. In five years. Um, well, definitely some kind of exit at some point within five years. Um,
0: whether somebody's going to somebody's going to want to buy you, yeah.
1: Yeah, buy us, or we go public, um, depending on you know uh, who wants to buy in and underwrite the deal, because we may get a better valuation by somebody buying in at a. Twenty percent to underwrite an IPO, yeah. So it it might it might behoove us to actually go the the IPO the IPO route at some point. So, right. Um, you know, I'm not close to acquisition. Obviously, that is something that is you know potential outlook. But within that time frame, I think five years is probably enough time for us to really see our major scale and. um, really see the economic impact of our platform on a global level. I hope to be in, you know, at least 20, 20 markets by then. So I have web talk in 20 different languages in five years. And, <laughs> awesome. yeah. and well,
0: I've said this about, you know, I've said this in your, in your presence and with people in the room and before, and I'll say it again, there's in the Tampa Bay area, you know, um, there's really only one guy I know of that's swinging for the absolute fences, right? And it's you, right? Like, uh, there's a lot of startups in Tampa Bay area, um, very successful, doing big things, um, but uh, you're you're kind of you're kind of swinging for the furthest fence out. <laughs> the, the furthest fence that yeah. anybody can see is the one that RJ is swinging for, and you seem to be you seem to be getting there somehow. <laughs> years oh,
1: wow. years man that's it's it crazy. it's crazy Go straight, work your butt off and yeah uh, man, very good plan
0: great and, and Sarasota Nights I just love the way that rings. I just want to keep saying that just like, <laughs> it's like fantastic I yeah. got friends in Sarasota I got to ask them about Sarasota Nights but, um, yeah. but no man it's really um, it's really cool to have you come on and talk about Web Talk and all the big success and this is just one of those things in 2021 I'm, I'm going to be like proud to know that I got you right before 2021 hits and um, and you know putting and also the the opportunity to put Tampa Bay on the map you know because you are a direct to consumer product right we have big home runs uh, you know we've had Outback Steakhouse which obviously has been a big home run and um, other restaurants and so forth and but we've had some big tech exits but but they're they're kind of B2B right business to business and yeah. um, I'm I'm always talking about the importance of B2C and how important that is, and you never put a city on a map with a B2B so with a B2B win. I mean, B2B is great; it makes everybody wealthy. It's huge success and all that good stuff. But you know, you think of Austin, you think of Dell, you think of Seattle, you think of Microsoft, and you know, and uh, Amazon and a bunch of other things, right? And every city um, on you, you having a B2C direct, you know, consumer-based tech win success is of infinite value to a city. And, yeah. um, you know, and there's not, and there's not many, I mean, every city's only got a few bets on the table that, that are in the direct, you know, in a consumer play.
1: Yeah. And, and I think uh, the one biggest one we have here is it's, I mean, even though they're still pretty big, I think they're kind of sizzling, which is HSN. Um, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure.
0: But, you know, that's a bit, you know, a, a few generations back, right. You know, yeah. and, but, you know, as far as a, a tech, um, a major tech brand, um, to put the you know city, the, you know the, actually three cities. I like to say Tampa, St. Pete, and even Sarasota, right? Like that's what's cool about Web Talk is that you guys are like swinging for the furthest fences out, and uh, and it's the kind of thing that that when it makes, when it goes, when it pops, it will it will make big news because people because it's for the people, right? It's 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 something that um, the average person people are interacting with, and that's yeah. something that people like to read about and get excited about. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. So,
1: we're we're almost there. So I yeah. think
0: Four months. Yeah. And I mean, getting this mobile these mobile apps going is a big step and big step, big step.
1: I'm excited too. That's that's been my my baby for. You've a been while hearing.
0: Now. You've been having people just give you crap about this for for like probably yeah. for three, three years. You've been now you can finally get them off your back, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I keep telling everybody. I said mobile apps. If I can make it work on a web app then it will definitely work in a mobile app. Mobile app will yeah. be the, the kicker, the icing on the cake that will make it skyrocket. So yes. You know, But the challenge is making a web app work and work for micro business because that's our target audience that's right. because those are the people that can use personal, professional, and business. So that's right. everybody can use one of those three things, but not everybody can use all three. And we want to make sure that the people that can use all three, it works perfectly for them that way, everything else falls into play for everybody else.
0: That's right. beautiful. RJ, oh. thank you for coming on and doing this interview and being honest and straightforward with everything and sharing all your great stories for all of those uh, aspiring entrepreneurs out there and all those new, all right. future web talk uh, uh, followers. And uh, we'll be posting this out shortly. We'll have a lot of fun with it when we do. Awesome. Hey,
1: Sounds man. good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, good man. Good. Until next time, okay? Until next time. See you have soon. Have a good night. You too.